Hello and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen to this message, it helps you grow closer to God and inspires you to live like Jesus. Thanks for listening. Here's the message. It's Ethan Barnett, as Pastor Mark said. I am the worship pastor here, and I feel like I'm more nervous this service. He was like, don't worry, your wife will be in the room and it'll all be okay, and now I'm like freaking out a little bit. I just want to get a couple of the uh, knowns out of the way. Yes, I do have a mullet. Yes, I do have skinny jeans on. So now that all of the distractions are out of your mind, hopefully the Lord will teach you something today. I just wanted to take a couple minutes and and, uh, kind of introduce myself, and um, I haven't got to meet everybody here. I see a lot of my family. That's cool. Um, Maybe they'll get saved. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Love all of you very much. Thank you for coming. Um, No, so I grew up in Springfield. My wife, Audrey, raise your hand. We've been married for six years, right? Yeah, six years. Uh, Grew up in Springfield, um, went to high school and college in Springfield, um, ended up working in the healthcare field for many years. Uh, More recently, got out of the healthcare field and I traveled for a little bit. And uh, long story short, a year and a half ago, if someone would have told me that you're going to be the worship pastor at a church in Marshfield, Missouri, I would have said, no, you're lying and that's not true Um, because I've got things to do. I've got money to make, you know what I mean? Like trying to, trying to provide here. But I would have told you that you're not, you're not telling me the truth. And it's not that I was purposefully trying to like run away from what God had me, but I was trying to run away from what God had for me. And uh, I'm so happy to be a part of this family. I'm so happy to be exactly where I know I'm supposed to be um, with me and my family. Um, My wife and we have a little guy. He's 13 months old, and he's awesome. But uh, yeah, this has been a really amazing several months doing this, and uh, you guys are in for a really huge treat because this is officially the third time I've ever spoken. (laughs) Mark brought me in here at like 8 in the morning the other day and made me preach my whole message, and he was sitting right there. There was nobody else in here. He made me turn the lights on, and I was more nervous then than I am even right now. But then I preached last service, and everything was okay, and now for some reason, I'm like wigging out, so everything's good, and everything's great. God's good, and I'm here, you're here, so let's do this. So they asked me to speak, not totally sure why, but we're going to go for it, Um, and I've been tasked to talk about the seven Hebrew words uh, for praise. We're going to cover three of them this week, and then Pastor Mark will take the other four next week. And uh, I've studied this before, I've heard them before, um, honestly, but I, I hadn't dove as deep as I have, especially in these three that we're talking about today, um, specifically for this message. And it really touched me, it really brought a lot of things to light that made, made sense finally to me, um, things that maybe I've even been doing subconsciously, but now I can do it with intent and, and purposefully to praise the Lord. So I really hope it does the same thing for you guys today as well. Um, Just a recap, we've been in our our worship series, Kingdom Worship, and it's been awesome. We've heard from Pastor Ryan, Pastor Mark, Anthony was here last week, did a a great job. And if you guys see like a similarity of everybody, we all end up saying that he's worthy. At the end of the day, 
after everything we say, he's worthy. So I want you to remember that as we're talking through all of this stuff that you may hear me repeat a lot of stuff that's already been said. And what do they say in school? If it's, if it's worth repeating, then it's probably worth writing down or it's, it's worth remembering. So that's what we're going for today. I just want you guys to, to be willing to posture your hearts this morning for what God has for you. Psalm 24-7 says, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. We're the gates. So I pray that we would just open completely to what he has to say this morning. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity. I thank you that you've placed placed me and, and my family um, in Marshfield, Missouri. God, I thank you for all of the things that you've done for my family. I praise you and I adore you. And God, I pray so much that, that what you have for me to say this morning would touch others, that they would be able to praise you in a new way, that they'd be able to worship you in song um, in a new way. God, make it, make it new. That's all I can ask. We're used to being in your presence. We try to we we, we come on Sunday mornings and, and, and we we get comfortable. God, I pray that you just make us a little bit uncomfortable this morning, that we would find something new in you this morning. We love you in your name. Amen. King David, that's a name that we've heard multiple times, especially in this room. Um we 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 know that he came from being a lowly shepherd boy, that he became a military man eventually ended up becoming um, king of Israel. So before we go into a story about him, I want to give you just a little bit of history. My dad's going to like this one. It's about the um, the Ark of the Covenant. Grew up watching Indiana Jones. Anybody else? Yeah. Well, this has nothing to do with that. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> so the Ark of the Covenant, without going super into detail, is a box that's gold-plated. And that it houses, uh, I think, three or four specific things in this box. All of those are important, but not necessarily for what we're talking about this morning. But what I want you to get from the Ark of the Covenant this morning is not only that you touch it, you die, right? We learned that in the movie. Just don't touch it. But in the Jewish and Christian t- tradition, the Ark of the Covenant is symbolized as the physical manifestation of God's presence and supreme power. So David was never in the physical presence of Jesus. So at this point, King David is is already king. Him and 30,000 men go to receive the Ark of the Covenant and to bring it back to the city of David. So in this trip, they get it, and they're, they're coming back, and they get there, and a few things happen. He decides actually not to bring it back because he saw what it can do because somebody died because they tried to touch it. Um, but then he realizes that, it, that, that the blessings that comes from it is, is worth bringing to, to his town, right? So he goes, and he brings us back. And as they're parading through the city, him and all the people are just going Buck wild. They're just going crazy. They're singing praises. They're hitting hitting cymbals. They're singing. They're playing harps and lyres. And, and King David is just going crazy. He's uh, the the scriptures say that he he becomes undignified before the Lord. So he's he's sitting there and he he's worshiping in front of all of his people with no shirt on, going crazy, not worrying about what anybody is thinking of him. 
because he's the king and, and custom shows that he's supposed to uphold himself and he's supposed to be the symbol of strength and, and basically not supposed to have a personality in front of his people, right? Well, obviously, he had a personality. He was naked dancing in the street for Jesus. How many of you can say you would do that? And we're not practicing that today. We're going to put a few of these words into practice. That one we're not going to talk about anymore. So basically, he was acting like a madman. Some translations, some definitions um, say madman or, or foolish. So down here in, in, in 2 Samuel 6.20, 6.20 through 23, sorry. When David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, which Saul was the king before King David, Saul was the king before King David, sorry. How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow should or would. So Michael is is David's wife. So he gets home, and the first thing she does is light him up about how foolish he was acting in front of all of his servants and all of his people telling him that that's not the way that you're supposed to act. And no, this is not a uh, message for wives. Sometimes you got to correct your husbands. I get that. I get that often. Love you. But he, he comes back home, and, 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 he, and she just lights him up. How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants, as any vulgar fellow would. And King David says, right back to Michael, it was before the Lord who has chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in your honor. So that brings me to our first word, our Hebrew word of praise, and that's halal. It probably requires more phlegm, but all you're getting is halal. (laughs) Halal, maybe, I don't know. That's what I sound like with allergies, so. Halal is a primary Hebrew root word for praise. Our word hallelujah comes from that. It means to be clear, to praise, to shine, to boast, to show, to rave, to celebrate, and specifically for today with that story, to be clamorously foolish. And then uh, some definitions for halal says madman or act like a madman. Like I said, the, the word hallelujah comes from that. Halal, meaning to praise, in Jah, which is the short Hebrew word for Yahweh or, or Jehovah, which means God. So when we say hallelujah, we're literally saying praise be to God or praise the Lord. And we pass it off sometimes as, as, a, as a funny and cute Christian word to say. But truly, I want you to, to remember when you're using the word hallelujah in whatever you're using it for, you're saying praise be to God. So when you say hallelujah, be intentful for, when, for what you're saying it for. Psalm 150, one through six says, praise the Lord or hallelujah. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. 
Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the temp- for the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals and a clanging of cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord or hallelujah. So that kind of hits all who have spoken before me in this series. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what, what uh, season of life you're in. Praise the Lord because he is worthy. Because we're not worthy. So we, we talk about King David acting a fool. A few weeks ago, we had the privilege of hearing uh, Pastor Ryan speak. And he played the old uh, Ursher song, as he refers to him. Ursher, yeah. 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 So it took everything within me. When I say everything within me, not to have them play, y'all gonna make me act a fool. But then I remember some of the words that comes later, so we are not playing that today. But that's the idea is becoming a fool, becoming a madman in the presence of the Lord because we're so overwhelmed by what he does for who he is that we have nothing else to do but to be foolish, to be humiliated in our own eyes and not worry about what the person next to you is thinking, that all you can do is close your eyes, and if you dance or if you jump, because that's you giving worth to your king. Acting a fool for Jesus. You know, I, I, I wasn't totally sure even how to, like, say some of this. Because, I've, you know, I've done presentations and, and for school and all that kind of stuff. But I told Pastor Mark, it's not that I'm scared of talking, but it's that I want to do justice by the Lord and, 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 and by the Scripture. And in that, even I was reminded by someone else who I hold dearly this morning, that he, he told me just thinking that and just believing that, that you need to find courage and you need to find peace because you're worshiping him, and even in what you're saying right now. Because we have to act a fool. I have to be willing to sing on a Sunday morning and you guys not hear me say anything. And whenever they ask, hey, you're going to have to make a fool of yourself. At least they didn't ask me to cut my mullet off. Because I thought about it. I really did. I was like, you know what? If they're asking me, then they want me. So, you're welcome. So I know that there's several people in here that love to dance because half of my family's in here and I've seen them dance. So it's, it's, it's funny because I was thinking like, oh, this is where I was going with that. I, was, I didn't even tell you my, what I wanted. Anyway, I was trying to think and I was trying to ask the Lord, Lord, give me something good. Give me some really good nuggets so I can really convict them. And they are, they're just hit hard and they leave and they want to be closer to you. And, and God hit me even harder and, and convicted me. I was like, well, that's not your job. And you're not going to just come up with cool phrases. You're going to say what I tell you to say. And they're going to hear or they're going to choose not to listen. So I have to apologize for that because I was even convicted in, in this message, which was awesome. Because at first I was like, well, I'm just going to get up there and I'm going to speak for a little bit. But he's taught me so much just even just preparing for this. So dancing. Back on track now. I know there's several people in here that love to dance. You know, you're with your friends, you're 
listening to good old honky-tonk music or you're listening to the scary rap kind of music. I'm not judging you. Listen to what you want. But it's really easy for you to give you one of these. Or start giving you one of these. Or just like one of these. I'm not sure what Pastor Ryan was doing. He was like flailing everywhere. About to call EMS for him. And don't let my dance moves fool you, because I promise you my hips don't lie, but we're in church. So you love dancing. You can find enjoyment when you're with your friends, and you can go crazy. If you're at your house, you're in, in the, the comfort of your own home, and, and nobody else can see. You're just with your closest people, and you can just go crazy. You can act a fool, and that's super fun. But then some of you guys come on Thursday or on, on Sunday mornings, and you stare at me for 30 minutes while we're doing worship, and you stare at the screens for 30 minutes, and you're either distracted with what's going on, and I get it because it's overwhelming. Being, just being alive in today, today is just overwhelming sometimes. But I can see it. I can see brokenness from up here, and I can see um, eagerness to worship, and I can see people holding themselves back. We can see that up here. And it breaks my heart because all I want as your worship pastor is for you to find the freedom and the peace that I find when I'm worshiping my king. That's what I want for you. So if you're willing to go do this in the privacy of your own homes, in, these, in, in clubs or whatever you're doing, I'm not saying don't have a fun time, but the people that are in this church love you. We are your, your family. And when you come through those doors, you check all your shame at that door. And you come into the house of the Lord and you give all that you have and you act a fool because he is worthy. Not because you can do it, because we all know you can do it. And sometimes it is uncomfortable and stepping out of that uncomfortable feeling is what he requires sometimes. To receive new things from the Lord requires new things of us. <clears throat> I thought so too. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's what we're called to do. We're not commanded to do too many things, really. But that is one of them. Because he doesn't need your praise. God's power doesn't run off of your praise. It's not like Monsters, Inc., that all the screams or all the, the laughter fills up the little tank. That's not how it works for Jesus. He wants you to praise because you need it. You need to have something to, to submit to. You need to have something to break, to break down in front of. He doesn't need it, but he wants it. So shine in your praise. Be foolish. Become even more undignified in your worship and in your faith. Don't let the worries and, and your insecurities hold you back from what God has for you. But most of all, don't let your worries and your insecurities hold you back from giving the worth that he deserves. He must be the center of our halal. So that brings me to our next, our next word, which is zamar. And that's just, like I said, that's how I know how to say it. So that's what we're getting. Zamar. To pluck the strings of an instrument, to sing or to praise. A musical word which is largely involved with the joyful expression of music um, or with music, musical instruments. So, guys, this is what we do every Sunday morning. Three or four songs, you hear us play, 
That's what we're doing. We're giving ours a mar. It's funny because I was I was trying to understand and and separate each one of these words when I was studying them. And maybe you've already figured it out, but they're all basically the same thing. <laughs> Seven Hebrew words of praise. But knowing how to take each one and to use them properly and with intent in your personal worship life and your corporate worship life when we all meet on Sunday mornings. Psalm 144.9, I will sing a new song to you, O God. I will sing your praises with a ten-stringed harp. First Chronicles 16.9, sing to him, yes, sing, to his, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. We know that music is powerful. We've seen it time and time and again. Psalm 57, 8, 8 and 9. Wake up, my heart. Wake up, O lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations. Another translation says, Awake, O my soul, with the music of his splendor song. Arise, my soul, and sing his praises. My worship will awaken the dawn, greeting the daybreak with my songs of praise. Wherever I go, I will thank you, my God. Among all the nations, they will hear my praises sung to you. Again, that's that idea of being so overwhelmed by the presence and all the things that he's done that you're willing to sing a new song in every single day and raising up your, your adoration in a new way every single day. I was reading, and in, in, uh, we all know the song Amazing Grace, and I'm not going to go super in, deep into the story, but basically the guy that wrote it was known to be a uh, very wordy man and not, not in the good way. Like you hear speaking like a sailor came from him is what, what I was hearing in this story. And anyway, some things happened that brought him to write Amazing Grace. And when he was singing Amazing Grace and whenever he was writing this song, it was the Lord giving him a new song. So what he was before and what he was when he wrote this song was Jesus, or was, was God giving him a, a, a living, being able to live in his new life, being, li- being able to live in his new renewing of his mind and renewing of his body. So he was able to sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I was blind, but I can see. And I was lost, but now I'm found. I truly believe that he gives us new songs in every season. And we're able to worship in a new way in every season. Sometimes it's out of brokenness. Sometimes it's out of happiness or joy. But at the end of the day, like I said, if it's worth repeating, he is worthy. Zach, let me borrow a, uh, a book while I was preparing for this, and I haven't got to read it yet. But I for sure recommend it because I'm going to. But just studying the words through it, um, it's called The Holy Roar. Uh, If you haven't read it, even what I've read so far is awesome. But the author goes on to say, music can soften our hearts. It can soothe our troubles. And it opens the door to the spiritual world. It paves the road for the Spirit's coming. Music is powerful. Music can be used for good and it can be used for evil. 
You guys remember the commercial with, like, all the sad-looking dogs? Like, the ears are falling off, and, like, one of them's on a wheelchair, and it's horrible. And you're like, what is happening? Why, why is this on Kids Network? And all of a sudden, you hear, in the arms of an angel. Fly away from here. Well, obviously they can't fly because in a wheelchair. But it's horrible and it's sad. And it does, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you feel in that moment that sad, that sadness. And, and because you want to help these, these animals. I love animals. They used to get me. That commercial used to be on and be like, nope. Because it makes you sad. And it's, yeah. But then you change this, the, the channel and you get the next commercial that's got the song, the old man dancing, and then the, the crazy Six Flags song. You know what I'm talking about? Exactly. Then you're going crazy because your kids are dancing around the, the, the living room and they're freaking out because an old man's dancing. And for some reason, that's hilarious. They're jumping up and down. And the next thing you know, you're in a two hour wait for a, a ride on Saturday morning at Six Flags, wondering yourself, staring into the abyss, what just happened? Because music is powerful and it has a purpose. They knew what they were doing to hype up your kids. And they knew what they were doing when they wanted to tug at our heartstrings for the old pups. Music is powerful. So that brings me to ask you a couple questions. What do you listen to on a daily basis? Is it pleasing to God? Is it causing you to have impure or unsure thoughts? Is it causing you to feel a certain way that is not holy? What are you listening to? I'm not here to tell you what songs to listen to or what kind of music to listen to. I'm here as your worship pastor and as your musical director to tell you to be careful because music is powerful. And don't get me wrong, I can get down with some country. Audrey knows. I like it. I can get down with some, some rap beats, but I'm not going as far as Pastor Mark. My mouth doesn't move that fast. Low and slow, right? Baby locked him door. No. <laughs> music. Music. Sorry, Mark's keeping me in line. Notice I say the bad jokes and I look over here. Because <laughs> he's like, hey, hey. The cool thing is when you're asked to speak and you're not the pastor, you can say whatever you want. I'm just the musical director. <laughs> Music is powerful. We know that demons and spirits and all that stuff we hear and we see in the scripture that they have to flee at the mention of his name. Right. It's the same with songs. First Samuel 16, 14 and 16. Now the spirit of the Lord had left Saul and the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. Some of Saul's servants said to him, a tormenting spirit from God is troubling you. Let us find a good musician to play, the to play the harp whenever the tormenting spirit troubles you. He will play soothing music, and you will soon be well again. So we, we see later in that story that that actually ends up being David, who later becomes king after Saul. But it says later that, that David would play his harp beautifully. 
and the, the spirit would flee. Music is powerful. We know that the name of Jesus is powerful. And again, I just, I urge you to, to be considerate on, of what you're hearing and what you're listening to. A personal story for me, um, I got to be careful because I connect with music. My entire family is musical. My sisters, all my sisters have beautiful voices. My brother, we were, I believe that our family was uh, anointed, our voices specifically, by the Lord. But even, even being connected with music is, is a way that the enemy can, can try to get me. Because I can, there's, there's a good probably five or six songs that I know that I can't listen to anymore. Because it takes me back to times and, and of things I shouldn't have been doing or the ways that I was feeling. And if I listen to them, the way they sound, I can still connect. And I can still love the way they sound and, and the, the artistry that comes with writing that song. But then I find myself quickly in a rabbit hole of, Man, I love this song. Oh, yeah, I remember that day. Gosh, that was a really horrible day. Oh, gosh, what am I doing now? Okay, am I, am I living in what the Lord wants me to do? And I can quickly go down that rabbit hole from what now is 10 or 15 years ago, which is crazy. I'm 30. What the heck? I didn't say that for a service. We'll say 10 years ago. But it's crazy because it can, tra- it, it can take me back and I can instantly entertain those thoughts again of, of feeling sad or feeling, feeling anxious or depressed or wondering if, if it's even worth it. So what are you listening to? I want to uh, encourage you to every single day, among whatever you is a part of your convictions of what you can listen to and not be damaged by because you're all adults and you have to do that. But I do encourage you to listen to one full worship song every single day. I really do. I would prefer you to listen to a lot more than that. But I think that will really, really help you and, and, and transform how you, uh, how, how you go about every single day. When my, uh, when my baby was born, Silas, um, nothing went the way that we thought it was going to go. We had our... our birth plan and they tell you to prepare they tell you okay you can you can tell the doctors what you want and you can you can be forceful and they'll do whatever you want which is not true but so we had our plan we knew exactly how the day was going to go so we went in for one of our last ultrasounds and what could have ended up really scary it started out really scary ended up okay but in the moment they're saying well he's not moving as much as we want I don't like that. So they tell us, we're going to have a baby today. So we're like, oh, okay. Not super early. Everything's good. We're past, past all the scary limits, and, but still not ideal and not a part of our plan. So we're crossing out things of our plan. Like, what can we do on this list now? And it wasn't until writing this message that I realized that the Lord did something for me and revealed it to me in the process of writing this. And that was to make sure that we had a Bluetooth speaker in our bag at all times. We just happened to have our bag, right? We were going for a normal thing, one of our last things. We just happened to have our, our hospital bag. 
that had a Bluetooth speaker. It was important to me to have worship playing the whole time. So we went into the room, and I immediately set up our Bluetooth speaker, and the whole time our, our playlist played. When I was doing that, I was in the mindset of, I just want something soothing. I just want something that, that sounds good, you know, as, as the doctors and nurses come in and out. But what I didn't know was that the Lord was taking care of me that whole time, and he knew what the power of worship is in my life and what the power of music is in my life. And he knew that I needed his presence more than ever in that room. And even though everything turned out to be great and he, he was born after a long time and was healthy and praise God for all of that, I kept on finding myself in extremely anxious times because, like I said, the enemy knows that he can get my thoughts. So I started having terrible irrational fears of losing the one that I love the most on this earth and the second one that I love the most on this earth that was about to come into this world I kept on telling myself and replaying horrible images in my mind of what could what I might see here in a few minutes and I don't know if you guys are like that or if you guys tend to worry about the unknown but I would be sitting there in a state of not knowing really what was going on, but still present, sitting and basking in my, my anxieties and then realizing that I'm worshiping through, through my mouth. I'm humming along and I'm singing along with a worship song. And I came to a point that you can't submit to both. You can't submit to your anxieties and you can't submit to your, your fears and submit to the Lord at the same time. It's got to be one or the other in every single moment. I'm not saying you're not going to get hit with the anxiety. I'm not saying you're not going to get hit with the depression. But you have to overcome and you have to decide, do you want the presence of the Lord in that moment or do you want to sit and, and worry in that moment? Because for some of us, it's a daily battle. Multiple times a day, it's a daily battle. And I choose his presence, and I hope you do too. The song The Blessing played several times that day. And at first I thought it was annoying, but close to, to whenever Silas actually was, was here and uh, born and, and in this earth physically, and, and you could see him, I could hear the blessing playing. And it was at the part, mind you, again, I didn't even remember all of this until this message. So he was revealing stuff to me, which was phenomenal this past couple weeks but it was singing may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children so in this moment I was sitting in his presence as my son is being bored warring in spirit and singing over the rest of the generations of my family and I didn't even know it because he gives us times like that. So what are you listening to? And is it holy? Is it pleasing to the Lord? And are you searching and are you trying to be in his presence through song often? And, and, and we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but we, we talk about how important our prayer life is and how essential and and. If you're a true follower, you have to have a prayer life, right? I think you all would agree with me with that. 
for me, my prayer life in words is the exact same thing as my halal, my zamar, and my next word, tehillah, in my praise and worship and song. It goes hand in hand for me. And I would love for you guys to try it out sometime. So that's my challenge for that part. Put on a song, whether it be instrumental, whether it be a a worship song. It it can be when you're feeling the best time of the day or the worst time of the day. But at least once a day, listen to a worship song and preferably more. So again, we're just going to go right into the next word. I had a really funny joke, and I got shot down. So our next word is tahila. No, tahila. That's what I'm saying. That's why we didn't do it. It's because you all need Jesus. Gosh, you're in church. Set your mind on holy things. Mark, I have an idea for our next series. I'm preaching on the wrong thing today. I literally just read something on my notes. And it said, everyone laughs. So thank you so much for participating in my little notes. I knew, I knew if you guys didn't laugh, I was, I was giving myself some encouragement. Tahila is derived from the word halal, which means praise. But specifically, it's the singing of halal, singing of praise. To sing or to laud, which is uh, to praise a person or achievement highly especially in public context. It's to perceive to involve music, especially singing, hymns of the spirit or praise. Psalm 149.1 says, praise the Lord or hallelujah. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praises in the assembly of the faithful. It's important to sing with your church. It's important to sing with other believers and to have corporate worship. Another translation says, hallelujah, praise the Lord. It's time to sing to God a brand new song so that all his holy people will hear about, will hear how wonderful he is. So there's three kinds of songs that we sing today or that we use often. Psalms, which are scriptural songs. We've read several today. We almost read one almost every week. Um, poetry. Sometimes they don't rhyme. Sometimes it's really hard to put a a melody to or even put a beat to. I'm sure Mark could do it, though. He's he's pretty sweet with words. But that's the thing. Those are the things that we read often that bring us joy and peace and remind us that we're supposed to give him all of the adoration and all the praise. And then we have hymns. Those are songs that we write. You know, automatically when we say hymns, we think of almighty fortresses, something older. But let me just encourage you that songs today will be hymns in 20 years. And the spiritual songs that he's giving people to write, those people are in his presence. I can't say all of them. I am uh, very particular on the songs that, that I like to, to worship to, and I think you guys should do that too. But at the same time, I truly believe 
if it's a worship song and if it was written biblically and if it was written in the moment in the presence of the Lord and if it was given by the Holy Spirit to that writer, then it has relevance and it has power in it. So hymns are songs that we write. And Mark already gave my Easter egg, but me, Zach, and the pastor, the worship pastor at Republic have been writing some songs that um, we can't wait to sing in this house and sing specifically for our Destiny Church and our Destiny family. And the ones that we're working on are fire, so that's your Easter egg, so it could be like a year or two, I'm just telling you. Just a sneak peek. Oh, gosh. Hallelujah. Holy, holy. The God who was and is, is to come. We posture our hearts to receive your presence, to receive your spirit. Spirit, come. Spirit, come. Yeah, we're excited. We're super excited, and I can't wait to sing all those with you guys. <laughs> so the last one is spiritual songs, or, or often called spontaneous or prophetic songs. So these are songs that when you're so overwhelmed in the, in the presence of the Lord, that he gives you a new song, and he gives you a song to sing yourself. Sometimes you hear me at the end of a song, and you're like, what is he saying? He's just saying a bunch of random stuff. Well, those are my spontaneous songs. And uh, for me, it's a time whenever I, I can sit and I can hear and I can, I can be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I sing over you or I sing to us um, and specifically sing to the Lord the songs that he's given me. The words that the Holy Spirit is whispering into my heart at the moment. And uh, that's what a spontaneous song is. And I truly believe that spontaneous worship should be practiced, again, in your own worship life and corporately. Matthew 6, 5 and 6, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray... Go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Like I said, for me, my prayer, my personal prayer, my personal worship life is one and the same. So in the midst of praying, the Holy Spirit will often give me a a song and I'll sing to myself, whether it's in the car, whether it's on stage. And, uh, even if you're not a musical person, I really encourage you to practice it, to sit and listen. And whether it's just saying the word hallelujah over and over again with a little bit of a melody, we already learned what that truly means, right? Praise be to God. Praise the Lord. So even if it's just hallelujah over and over again in that moment, in that struggle, or in your joyful, joyful time, your happiness, practice it. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Let us think of the ways to motivate one another to active love, to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, 
but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is near. That one got me. So this is my encouraging to you. Worship in your private life. And when you come in on Sunday mornings, just let him speak to you. Come in and know that it's about him. It's not a counseling session in that moment. I'm not saying that he doesn't reveal things to you. I'm not saying that he doesn't deliver you of things in those moments. But your first priority coming into this building should be giving worth to a king that is worth worthy of it all. Ephesians 5, 18 through 20. Wasn't going to read the first part of this verse, but because of the Tehillah joke, I'm going to go ahead and read it. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. I'm just kidding, but listen to this. Well, don't do that, but the second part is what I want you to hear. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That one blew me away. It is our instructions. We're told to do, really, in the great scheme of things, we're not instructed to do much as believers. But one of them is to worship our king. Not because he needs it, because he doesn't. Like we've already covered, he doesn't need your praise, but he wants it. And you need it. Songs of Tehillah flow from the depths of intimacy with God. Are you seeking this? Are you actively pursuing Tehillah? praise? Have you ever been in such a deep moment of intimacy with with your God, your King, that you can't just help to sing your praise, your own song of praise? Sometimes you guys hear us, you know, we'll pull away from the mic, and I just want to kind of explain to you and give you an opportunity to understand what we're doing. Sometimes you see us pull away from the mic and there will be a good three, five minutes of us just playing, playing music. That's, that's times of Zamar and times of Tehillah. That's times for you. We call them instrumentals. But we're just playing and we're just being sensitive to the spirit. Those are opportunities for you to not have to worry about looking at the words. Because I know, and we're gracious, we understand new songs. You want to be able to see because you want to be able to proclaim what you're singing and understand what you're singing. And that's why we have the confidence monitors and that's why we have the words. But we want to provide a time where you don't have to worry about what's going on here. That in the moment of those corporate worship times, we are guaranteed at least a good four or five minutes where it's on you. It's your opportunity to completely and utterly worship the king by yourself. So in closing, I just want to talk about uh, just a few things. We worship him because he's worthy. We've, we've, we've established that. But we worship him because he's worthy because 
of the most important thing that he's ever done, God sending his only son to be hung on the cross to cover your sins and to save this world. So even though we're in a time of, of, uh, of teaching about worship and song, I think it's important that if you're in the room today that you've never truly accepted that, that you have an opportunity. So here in a minute, we're going to go into a little bit of a worship time um, with song. And if, if you've never accepted that fully and if you want to, come down to the altar and uh, maybe grab Mark or, or Ryan here and just have a quick conversation and let them pray for you. But I also want to open the altars when we're doing this. Um, this practice. I want you guys to truly practice your tehillah. Just lift your own songs. We're going to sing a song that we can sing together, but at the same time, if you just want to find a place and just praise him, these are always open. During any time of worship, these are always open because we may forget to say that, but it doesn't mean you're responding to something and you have to stop worrying about what people think about you, right? So if you want to come down and kneel before the Lord on your knees in worship because he's worthy. You are always welcome in these altars. So we worship him because he is worthy, and we stop, we listen, and we hear from God. He does give you things. Just because our heart needs to be worshiping him and making him greater as we become less, he does reveal stuff to you during worship then we go out and we do because of what we hear and what we receive from God. So we're going to go into just a little bit of time of, of song. And you guys hear me say it all the time, and you just heard me say it. Um, we must become less, and he must become more. And that needs to be our daily prayer. It is for me. When I worship him, Sorry. When I worship him, I'm often just asking the Lord in all the things that I say, in every prayer, in every word that I sing, that you would become more and that I would become less. Because I love music. I love the music part of worship, and I love all kinds of music. And like I said, that can be an attack for me because I want to sound good and I want to make sure I'm playing right and all of those other things, but I have to become less for him to become more. And I think that is something that we all need to apply to each one of our lives, whether that be in a professional office world or if you drive a tractor for a living, he has to become more. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Destiny Church, how to get connected, or give online, visit destinychurch.me. Have a great week.